talent contracts with the locals. He talked nonstop about Washington politics as if he had run for office and been defeated because he was the only honest candidate in the race. His chatter was a pain, but he was a hell of a good man to play poker with. He bet big and lost amiably. Hands in pockets, Pelham turned down Adams Street, away from the river, studying the spooky, abandoned red brick Maddox Ironworks building, thinking, it's damp, it may rain, thinking, would the filming in this damn town go much over schedule? Would the chilly burn? Had he turned it down, thinking about a case of beer. All right, Gotti is walking down third, okay? He works most of the time till 6 or 6.30, but tonight he's going for drinks with some girl I don't know who she is. Philip Lombro asked Ralph Bales, why is he in Maddox? That's what I'm saying. He's going to the Jolly Rogue for drinks. You know it? Then he's going to Callahan's for the steak. As he listened, Philip Lombro dipped his head and touched his cheek with two fingers formed into a V. He had a long face, tanned. The color, though, didn't turn Lombro bronze. He was more silvery, like platinum, which matched his mane of white hair, carefully sprayed into place. He said, what about Gaudia's bodyguard? He won't be coming. Gaudia thinks Maddox is safe. Okay, then he's got a reservation at 7.30. It's a five-minute walk. I timed it, and they'll leave at quarter after. Ralph Bales was sitting forward on the front seat of the navy blue Lincoln as he spoke to Lombro. Ralph Bales was 39, muscular, hairy everywhere but on the head. His face was disproportionately thick, as if he were wearing a latex special effects mask. He was not an ugly man, but seen straight on his face because of the fat seemed moon-like. Tonight he wore a black and red striped rugby shirt, blue jeans, and a leather jacket. He's on third, okay? There's an alleyway there going west. It's real dark. Stevie'll be there doing kind of a homeless number. Homeless? They don't have homeless in Maddox. Well, a bum. They got bums in Maddox, Ralph Bale said. Okay. He's got a little Beretta, a 22. Doesn't even need a suppressor. I got the Ruger. Stevie calls him. He stops and turns. Stevie does him up close. I'm behind just in case, bang, we're in Stevie's car over the river, then we're lost. I'll be in front of the alley then, Lombro said, on the third. Ralph Bales didn't say anything for a moment, but kept his eyes on Lombro. What he saw was this, a hook nose, kind eyes, trim suit, paisley tie. It was odd, but you couldn't see more than that. You thought you could peg him easily, as if the silver hair, the tasseled oxblood loafer's polished spit shine, and the battered Rolex were going to explain everything about Philip Lombro. But no, those were all you could come up with. The parts, and the parts alone. Like a People magazine photo. Lombro, who was calmly looking back into Ralph Bales' eyes, said, Yes? Do you have a problem with that? Ralph Bales decided he could win the staring contest if he wanted to, and began to examine the swirl of hair on the back of his own hand. Okay, I don't think it's such a good idea, you being there. 
but I told you that already. Yes, you did. Okay, I still don't think it's a good idea. I want to see him die. You'll see pictures. The post-dispatch will have pictures. The reporter will have pictures in color. I'll be there from 7.15. Ralph Bales was drumming his fingers on the leather seat of the Lincoln. It's my ass, too. Lumbro looked at his watch. The crystal was chipped and yellowed. 6.50. I can find somebody else to do the job. Ralph Bales waited a moment. That won't be necessary. You want to be there? That's your business. Yes, it is my business. Without response, Ralph Bales swung the car door open. That's when it happened. Son of a bitch. A thud, the sound of glass on glass, a couple of muted...